This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Welcome to Collective Cafe To Go. This is the podcast version of the Collective Cafe. Now, the Collective Cafe happens every single weekday, Monday through Friday, from 8 to 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time in Alpha Collective's Discord server, discord.gg forward slash alpha collective. It is free. It always will be free. There are no strings. There is no bait and switch. If you like to listen live and even participate, come onto stage, comment in our back chat, you can do that. Whether you're on the treadmill, getting the kids ready for school, getting yourself ready for work, commuting into the big bad city, or maybe just even commuting from your bedroom into your home office. On Monday, we manifest. On Tuesday, we talk thought leadership. On Wednesday, we have guests take the stage, almost like an open mic. On Thursday, we do live book reads and discussions. And then on Friday, it's No Agenda Friday, where there is no agenda. Start your day off on the right foot, on the front foot, with virtual coffee, with the collective cafe, where we mastermind, we manifest, we collaborate, we help one another at the business of Web3 or anything else that intersects, whether it's culture, collaboration, creativity, innovation, disruption. So give us a subscribe if you're listening on the podcast or come and attend one day. Remember, it is a safe, welcoming space and you will never, ever be put on the spot. This is the Collective Cafe to go. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Collective Cafe. Uh, Stacy, welcome, welcome. Um, we're so happy to have you here today. And just to give you uh, a sense, you are safe and secure, tucked away in the audience, but you are welcome to come onto stage anytime. All you have to do is raise your hand. Um, what we love about these sessions in the morning is that, you know, if I'm putting myself in everyone's mindset you could be getting the kids ready for school. You could be commuting. You could be on the treadmill. Um, ultimately, it is whatever you want to make it. And uh, and we want you to be comfortable. And uh, so, good morning, everyone. Today, I thought we would talk a little bit about... You know what I also just realized? For those of you that are listening on the podcast, uh, I might have to uh, do a little bit of a... Um, multitask and get uh, one of uh, Praxim or Bez who's here at the moment to come on stage a little bit later so I can organize the POAP. I forgot to do a secret word um, so there might be an easier way of me making sure that you get today's POAP um, which will be quite easy actually. Um, I'll just give you the links and provide them in the cafe chat um, and uh, this is actually an opportunity. In fact I think I will do that uh, because I forgot to organize the secret word. Um, so I'll do that a little bit later and make sure that everyone, not only everyone who attends live, but actually if you're listening to this now after the fact, 
Um, all you have to do is come to the cafe chat and you're going to see a bunch of links. And if you click on the link, you'll get today's POAP. So that's my bad, my bad for not organizing. But, uh, you know, ultimately, ultimately my, um, you know, my shortcoming and shortfall is your gain. Um, so I thought we would talk a little bit today about this concept of the attention economy. And I posted or pasted, uh, is it post or paste? I'm not really sure, potato, potato, in the back chat, a book called The Attention Economy that I remember purchasing and probably reading. Um, and this was published back in 2002. Now, uh, one of my to-dos today, I love always saying to-do today, is to actually go and reach out to the author, uh, Thomas Davenport or John C. Beck, and actually invite them on the show. This book was seminal, in my opinion. There were a couple of books that I remember very, very clearly. The Attention Economy was one of them, and then the other book was The Experience Economy, and I've had the pleasure um, of uh, of having Joe Pine on the show, who's known as the kind of uh, the, the father, the the uh, the godfather, the grandfather, I don't know, of uh, of experiential marketing, but uh, really, really just um, a legendary, legendary guy. And I still remember some of the key quotes from that episode, just tremendous, tremendous. Uh, but The Attention Economy was written in 2002. So if you go back and you do a little bit of a, you know, a bit of a context setter, 2002, post.com boom and bust, Lots of clutter, um, and you know, I, I think maybe uh, with the with the permission of uh, of the audience, um, I am going to find the book, and maybe this book will become our February live book read. And because um, I think it's worth going backwards to to set that context, and then to move forward and project forward. Because I, I keep hearing that phrase. I hear it on NFT Twitter. I hear it, uh, my guest yesterday, uh, um, um, Gordon. Uh, it was actually quite funny because I refer to him as, uh, as a secret agent. Um, because when you have, a, when you have the name, uh, a name like Gordon Glenister, the name is Glenister, Gordon Glenister. We spoke all about influence and influencer marketing. Actually, amazing conversation. Um, and I know I say that all the time, but that's because these conversations are amazing. And uh, just some really good points about influencer marketing. Like one of them was actually realizing that it's really not about the influencer. It's about their audience. It's about their followers, which if you think about it, 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 it might make complete sense to you. Like, duh, no-brainer, but it also might be a revelation um, in its uh, simplicity. It's not about the influencer, it's about their audience. What does that mean? Well, it means many things, right? First thing it means is that, first of all, you have to understand who they are, what motivates them, what their success criteria look like. So that's important, as opposed to just giving them money you know, it's about their social capital and social currency as well. But, you know, what are their goals? Like I, I was saying, my goal is to grow my audience. My goal is to grow the show. My goal is to sell passes to Alpha Collective. I don't care about the money. I don't care about being paid to be an influencer. I don't care about sponsorship. That, to me, is a, a nice to have. It's a um, it's either a means to an end or it's just a, you know, uh, a, a very welcome, not going to say no to it, 
byproduct. But the goal, the prime directive is growing audience, is, is you know, filling seats. That's the goal. And so anything that gets me there is, is kind of either on mission or not on mission. And so, you know, going back to this idea of influence and influencer, it's like I need, like, it, it doesn't matter what, sure it matters what I want, but if I don't have, if I'm all dressed up with nowhere to go, if I have no one in the audience, if I have no one listening to me, if I'm giving a keynote to an entry uh, to an empty auditorium, then it is maybe the equivalent of being all dressed up and nowhere to go. And that, by the way, is intentionally a little ironic because the quote that I used with Gordon uh, it was a classic, classic quote. Um, it's from Mark Twain. Um, I will I will post this in the back chat as well, um, but also read it to you. Uh, clothes make the man. Naked people have little or no influence on society. And that's Mark Twain. You know, like, it's a great quote. But once you know it's Mark Twain, um, it, it becomes even greater. I mean, if it, if it was like clothes make the man, naked people have little or no influence on society, uh, Seth Godin, um, it, it, I mean, and, and he is gravitas big time, but it would land differently. I suppose it would, um, it's interesting because um, if it were, let's say, uh, Dave Chappelle, um, you probably would laugh at it. But the, I think, profoundness of it coming from Mark Twain is great. And, and, and why I love that quote, by the way, is because, as I said, all dressed up and nowhere to go. So in this particular case, you can actually have the clothes on, right? But you can still have little to no influence on society. But certainly naked people have little or no influence on society. So don't be naked. Put on clothes. I think that's uh, part of the message, which I'm pretty sure is not the intended message. But anyway, um, I digress. So... Yesterday, um, Gordon said, you know, he said that. He said, you know, we're in an attention economy. And I thought to myself, well, we are and and are we? Or are we still in an attention economy? Did we ever stop being in an, in an, in an attention economy? See, the thing is that when you think about AIDA, awareness, interest, desire, action – the the staple of the traditional marketing and 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 sales funnel right acquisition funnel some people will will substitute attention uh, for awareness and that's fine attention interest desire action so it it always was the first step it always was the first component the first part of a process or a continuum or a journey and, but it isn't the be all and end all. And I just thought to myself, I, I wonder, are we still in, you know, is it an attention economy above all, right? Above all, surely it is a component, but is it the component? Is it really just about breaking through the clutter? Because the irony is that if you're naked, you probably have a much better chance of breaking through the clutter. And I mean, it quite literally you know, the, the concept of a streaker in a sports game or the naked cowboy in Times Square. So in a way, I've kind of, I'm playing with words very intentionally, right? I'm saying that you can actually get attention 
being naked and you can also be clothed and not get any attention. But is it the right kind of attention? It's, it's, it's gorilla. It's a gimmick. Um, it is, it is a, a stunt, if you will. Anybody can get attention. But can you keep the attention? And can you turn the attention into interest, into desire, into action? And, and of course, when you think about the you know, flipped funnel that I created in, um, you know, in the book, Flip the Funnel, um, that is all about a deer, which is acknowledgement, dialogue, incentivization, and activation. So that was my thought today. Um, a little bit of a of a conversation starter, and you know, on on Tuesday in the Collective Cafe, I really want it to be a thought leadership Tuesday. If manifesting Monday, and you know, and and we need a, a, a synonym or something starting with a W for like open mic or guest Wednesday, live read. It doesn't have to be live read or book discussion Thursday, no agenda Friday. Um, I want to be able to bring up a topic and ultimately argue both sides um, and and invite a little bit more participation, but, you know, optional, of course. But again, the question is, um, is it an attention economy? What does that mean? Uh, what is attention? How do we get attention? Um, especially given the fact that, that just there is so much clutter. Now, I don't... I don't know, you know, I was going back and thinking about the the concept of um, of you know being able to grow an audience or grow a brand or grow a platform or sell out seats or you know put on an event or whatever. I mean, it, it's really always about we we say audience, audience, audience. It's not about audience. It's about it's about as I said, it's about bums in seats or you know, or, 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 you know, bodies in beds, if you're in the, if you're in the uh, hotel business or, or selling passes, whether it's selling or whether it's recruiting, or we're always trying to fill those quotas. And you, you, the first point is if someone is blissfully unaware, how do you get them aware? How do you make them aware? How do you move them from being ignorant to, to or uninitiated to being initiated. You know, if it's true that 99% or 100% of all shots not taken, it's 100% of all shots not taken never go in. I think it's 99% of all putts, short putts never go in the hole because sometimes they just stop at the edge and fall in. Um, but if it is true that, that you know, 100% of, of shots not taken never go in, then then you have to put yourself in a position to at least shoot your shot, right? You have to put yourself in a position to get someone's attention and then keep their attention and then convert that attention um, into something that is meaningful and something that is manageable and, you know, and hopefully long-term as well. So how do you do that? How do you do that when there is so much clutter and choice? You see, the, the reason why I brought you back to the attention economy is all of this applied then. You know, I mean, when when we started reading Life After the 30-Second Spot, um, do you remember that little, uh, if you were here, you would have heard that whole um, clip about supermarket SKUs and how much choice. And I think at the time there were like forty or 50,000 SKUs on average 
in in the average supermarket. So clutter and and choice that's not new. That is not new. You know, this was probably all in the attention economy in the book that was written. And media choice is media has just become more explosive and more fragmented and more proliferated. I I don't know that that's the overall challenge anymore. I think the overall challenge right now is 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 apathy, is indifference, um, is you know that blissful ignorance from people that just are living a life without fulfillment or purpose or maximizing their potential. That's what I think maybe is the economy. It's not an attention economy. You know, it's a it's a purpose economy or it's a meaning economy. Um, that's what I think is our challenge now. I still love the concept. I mean, I've been really, really like taken by this idea of like 8 billion people in the world, you know, 200 billion people that have ever lived. What's your goal? Your goal is not to convert a billion. Your goal is not to get in front of 100 million. Your goal might be 5 or 10 or 20 or 50. When you bring it down to that simple component, what's simplest component, 100, 80, 150, 400, 20, those are manageable numbers. Those numbers are not really about attention anymore. Speaking the longest, speaking the loudest. It's really just about meaningful conversations. It's about relationships. And if you dovetail that idea on a thousand true fans and and again, the concept of word of mouth and referrals, not new concepts as well, to me that's a better blueprint than being able to play the numbers game, the tonnage game, the spam game, um, the ability to talk the longest and talk the loudest. By the way, interestingly enough, um, what Gordon said to me yesterday is that um, from an influencer standpoint, first of all, let me ask you some questions in the audience. Uh, I'm going to ask you two questions. Um, By the way, Bez is saying Wednesday could be Wellness Wednesday. Uh, maybe the marketing tech slant, and was we have thought leadership Tuesday. I, I I agree. I mean, we've been saying that Wednesday would be for guest slots, but I think actually Wednesday should be talking about mental health and you know and talking about um, perspective and purpose and and maybe just just taking our foot a little bit off the 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 business br- uh, gas pedal, right? So yeah, I like that idea a lot about uh, talking about, um, and again, perspective, priorities, um, etc. So, yeah, I mean, I'm with you on that one, Bez. And we also keep it a little bit loose if, if we need to um, a, as well, I think. Um, so I was just looking at your, at your comment there. So going back to, you know, this idea of, of um, the longest and the loudest and, you know, and resonance and, and so... I'm going to ask you two questions. So the first is, what do you think the average age is of an influencer? So that's my first question for you. And my second question is, what do you think the split is between male and female influencers? Okay. So question one, what is the average age of an influencer? 
Question two is what is the split between male and female influences? Um, to help you with the question and also uh, give you give me a little bit of of uh, of uh, time to go ahead and get the links for the poem. Um, here's some music. Okay, let's see. Any guesses? Any guesses? I need guesses. I need guesses. Uh, we've got one guess. The average age of influences is 38. What about the male to female split? Um, that was from Bez. Jensa says 25. And uh, you know, by the way, the story of wisdom of crowds, it's, it's fascinating. I remember reading the book and they talk about, um, I guess it was like a, a state or county fair and I think about like 60 people, I forget the number, could have been 80, could have been 40, had to guess the weight of a cow. And and uh, not one person got the weight correct. However, when you averaged all their guesses, they came within 0.1 of a pound from the actual weight. And again, the numbers might be slightly off. But the essence of it was the wisdom of crowds. When you averaged all of these guesses, it came out to almost perfectly, perfectly uh, the number. All right, so let's see. We've got uh, Genesis at 25. Uh, Praxim said age 22, 70% woman. Uh, Bez said the split is 65 to 35 in favor of men. Um, Genesis said man to female, female high at 75%. And uh, Christopher said 29 65% woman. I'm telling you that if you had to average out all your guesses, you'd probably be exactly right. Um, the average age is 28. So I think that you almost got that perfectly if you average all of those numbers. And the split is 80% woman to men, 80%. And, you know, one of the things that came up as well, um, which I thought was amazing, is is I, I forget the question, like the context of it, but that the best builders, the best community builders are women. The best people are bringing people to, uh, and I, this is a little bit of, of editorial uh, license here. If you want to bring people together, you know, task that with a woman. If you want to break people or tear people apart, task that to a man. You know, that's a, a bit of a generalization, but I, it's probably not that far from the, from the truth. Right, I was thinking, if you're trying to build a community, a Web3 community, an NFT community, put a woman in charge. Quite frankly, put a woman in charge for almost anything. If you want to get anything done, including but not limited to uh, the president. So that's just, you know, I'll get off my soapbox now. Um, but, for, but for sure, actually, you know, women will get the job done, especially when it comes to reaching consensus and, um, and finding common threads and uh, and and uh, and things that people have in common, you know, and so uh, maybe it is not a coincidence that influencers tend to be women. But remember, also the influencer in in a household still skews women as well. 
And uh, so I just thought that that was kind of interesting uh, as well. And, you know, I've been able to find the code. So I, uh, today there's no secret word, but I just put 10 claim codes uh, in uh, in the uh, back chat and you're all welcome to use them. Uh, it may be a little, a little bit um, uh, kind of scattered in the sense because, you know, you, you know, the, Based on who's here at the moment, uh, it's like first come, first serve. But uh, we do have the ability to make sure that everyone here today gets uh, a POEP uh, to say that you were here in the audience January 17th, 2023, discussing the attention economy. Um, so let's go back to the the thought for a second, right? Talking about influence, talking about attention, um, what does it take now? What does it take in 2023 um, to become relevant? What does it take to find your tribe, to build a base, um, to grow that base as well? First of all, I would say there are two parts, right? Part one is you have to establish a base, a core. You have to establish a nucleus, um, a strong, cohesive um center. And then from there, you have to figure out how to now ripple out. It is a ripple effect. One tells five, each one of those five tell five, and so on and so forth. It's an inside-out approach that I've always believed. I don't think it's hierarchical. It's not top-down, and it may not even be necessarily bottom-up. I've played around with the idea of Ponzi versus Isnop, right? The top-down from the grassroots up versus um, the top down, but maybe we're looking at it wrong. Maybe we should be thinking about inside out and quite frankly, outside in as well. If you are trying to build an audience of 50 or 500 or 1,000, if you're not actually trying to hit the proverbial attention jackpot to go viral, you know, to hit 100 million eyeballs, then being able to talk the longest and talk the loudest is not necessarily the idea. Be brilliant, be brief, be gone. Be brilliant, be brief, be gone. Put a woman in charge, for sure. But also, think about the concept of, you know, of recognizing that if we are trying to build consensus, if we are trying to grow something organically, but also focus on quality over quantity. We need to think about new path and pathways. Even when you think about going back to NFT Twitter, NFT Twitter is still dominated by males, by men, by the same divisiveness, but also the same bravado, the same, um, you know, bro talk, the same smoke and mirrors that we discussed the other day about putting on masks as opposed to just being yourself, being a little bit more vulnerable. And and I think there's a a blueprint here. I think there's a tapestry here for how to win at the attention economy in 2023 because that's really the subject. The subject at hand is, is it an attention economy? My answer is, in part, sure, but it's more than that. It's an attention economy. It's an experience economy. It's a relevance economy. 
It's a purpose economy. It's a creator economy. It's not just about getting your foot in the door because that's all attention does. Attention gives you a shot, but you still have to shoot your shot. Attention gives you an opportunity to win, but it is not a guarantee that you will win. Right? Attention, I'm gonna I'm gonna type that in. Attention gives you an opportunity to to win. This is still me trying to figure out if I can game the AI system. But it is not a guarantee that you will win. And I think if you've put all your chips on the attention in the attention uh, bucket or basket, then you won't win. You can't win. You know, it's it's the it's the old saying that says you can get everyone in the world to try your product once. It's like McDonald's. You can get you can get everyone in the world to have a Big Mac, but whether they actually come back for more and stick around. Well, that's going to come down to a whole bunch of factors, including but not limited to the product, the taste, the consistency, the service, the experience, the sides, the happy meal, the toy, and so on and so forth. So I would, I'm excited to see if I can, and I'll tell you, it's like just a weird thought, but while I'm talking out loud, when I um. When I reach out to authors, um, I, I first and foremost hope that they're still alive. I know it sounds like a very morbid or dark way of thinking about it, but you know, oftentimes I've had people on my show and they'll talk about a book and I go, oh, I must have that author on. And they go, well, sadly, they passed away 10 years ago. So it's been like a weird thing. I guess mortality, um, the book lives on forever, but the author may not. But assuming that one or both of these authors are still around, uh, I'm definitely, definitely going to bring them on. And in fact, you know, my trip now out the country, I'm going to go find the attention economy, a nice physical book, and and start rereading it a little bit. Um, and uh, and hopefully, hopefully, um, actually end up um, with this as our February book. Unless anyone's got a better or a different, I won't say better, but a different uh, perspective. So I'd love to hear some of your thoughts today. You know, if you want to put that in the back chat or even come up in the next 10 or 15 minutes about this idea of how maybe I'll, I'll tweak the, the question or just tweak the subject, which is how do you win at the attention economy? You know, I've joked that, that a surefire way for me to really like grow my audience on my show the way I want to is basically to either to go and survive or The Bachelor. Uh, which of course is a bit of a problem because I am married. Um, so the latter one may not work. But Survivor, I might have to go in Survivor and show my, you know, my flabby stomach and, uh, you know, and and compete. Um, and uh, and I know, by the way, I will be I will be kicked off the island first. I just know it. I just know it. I'm I'm not a political animal. I'm the exact opposite. I'm useless at it. I'm the kind of person that will tell someone something and then they'll tell somebody else or, you know, it's just, it's just not, I'm not, I'm NGMI. I'm not going to make it, but maybe that's what I have to do. Maybe the only way to, to get attention is not to have the best content or be the most consistent at delivering the content. um, But to have to like, if you can't beat them, join them. 
go on Survivor or go on another reality show and, uh, and watch the Instagram uh, followers soar. That's the game. I hate it. I don't want to have to play it. But, you know, if you can't beat them, join them. We actually discussed um, yesterday uh, on the show with Gordon um, that um, uh, Cristiano Ronaldo uh, signing for Al Nasser in Saudi Arabia might have been the greatest influencer marketing strategy ever, ever, you know, implemented and probably one of the most expensive. But Al Nasser's Instagram following went from 870K to, at the moment, just under 12 million. And of course, they've got a fairly good footballer as well. And he's apparently, part of his contract is to be an ambassador for Saudi Arabia, Greece, and Egypt to host the 2030 World Cup. This is an influencer marketing approach. This is an influencer marketing strategy. It's a different way of looking at it, of getting attention. You've got to be in it. You've got you to gotta ante up in order to have a chance of winning the World Series of Poker. The ante up is attention, but it is not enough. It's not a guarantee that you won't lose the first hand. It's not a guarantee that you won't be beaten by, guess what? Every other person playing the same game. See, that's the thing about the attention economy. We're all playing the same game. We're all playing by the same rules, even if those rules are flawed. It doesn't actually matter if the rules are flawed, if we're all playing by them. Where it gets interesting is if some people are playing by different rules, their own rules, They're breaking the rules. They're making their own rules. They're not following the rules. Rule followers are not going to win when everyone has to play by those same rules. You have to game the system. You might have to cheat. That doesn't mean that that should be the way. Not at all. But it's a different way to think about it. If you think about it. We're all playing by the same rules. So how does one person get an unfair advantage if we're all anting up with the same buy-in, with the same, the same methodology at playing the attention game? Well, I guess we've got to be better players. I guess we've got to be smarter players. I guess we have to learn how to read our opponents as opposed to just play the hand we were dealt It's a good analogy, I think, now that I think about it, the whole concept of, you know, Texas Hold'em. Because anyone will tell you that you don't actually play your your hand, you play your opponent. And thinking about the concept of everyone buying in with the same attention stakes. So how do you move beyond? Well, let's go to clothing for a second. There are some people that dress differently and dress funny and wear mirrored Uh, glasses, a lot of people resort to distraction. Distraction has historically been one of the most uh, effective political tools. Distraction and misdirection. Don't look there, look here. Because if you're looking here, you're not looking there. We had, for better or for worse a president who was master of that. You have to take your hat off and, and, and give credit where it's due. 
distraction, misdirection, illusion. It is an art. It can be a dark art. But getting attention... In fact, if you think about, let's go back to his entire his entire um, strategy. His meter strategy was insane. His meter strategy was one of the most innovative we've ever seen. Disintermediating the mainstream media, one hundred percent through. <laughs> Billy's saying one hundred percent. Joe Biden. Yeah, I mean, listen, if if it you know. If, if, if it looks like a duck and acts like a duck, it's a duck. It's a political tool. It's a political tool. I was, I was talking about Trump. But, you know, it's a different perspective. How do we get attention? How do we keep attention? What do we do? How do we resort? How do we play the media? How do we play the hand we were dealt? And how do we play our opponents? 100%. Well, you know, Billy, you can come up at, at any time as well and, and, and talk about, because really what we're talking about today is this concept of, and by the way, you can get a poem as well. I forgot to do the secret word. So I put all the links and anyone listening to the podcast, just go to the cafe chat and, you know, right now, just based on people that are here, etc., there might be one or two links available. Uh, I'm going with 10 to start and we'll keep increasing from there. But I really love this this central idea using poker as the analogy for us as builders, as founders, as entrepreneurs, as business people. Recognizing that we're all playing the same game. We're all buying in with the same anti-up, which is attention. And then we have to figure out, clothed or naked, how we how we win based on the hand we're dealt based on the opponents at the table how we read them how they read us how they play and then anything else because you know if it's the art of of survival of adaptation more than self-preservation says Two people walk in and only one's going to walk out. And guess what? It's not, going to, it's, it's not going to be you, buddy. Today you're going down. Today you are going down. Because if it comes down to you or me eating, you've got no chance. So I think it is time for us to rethink the concept of the attention economy, knowing full well that the book was written in 2002. The best place to start is with the source, with the two authors, which is what I'm going to do. Bring them on, bring them in. Maybe have them join us every Thursday. In fact, that's what I think we're going to start to do. I think what we're going to start to do is when we find the author of the book, we'll offer them the opportunity to come in, bring their audience, bring their community and do the live read themselves or join us in, join us in the conversation. In return, they'll get the podcast version. They'll get a small growing community. They'll get great discussion. But that doesn't mean that we won't do the book if they don't agree. So Sharon, I know you just came in as well. The links today for this for the POAP are in the chat. 
And looks like we might just mint out today. I may not even get my own POAP today. I've been minting it as well and having a lot of fun doing it as well. So we'd love to hear your thoughts today on where this conversation goes. What comes next? First of all, is it an attention economy anymore? If so, why? If not, why not? What comes afterwards? What comes next? Is the attention the means to an end or is it the end unto itself? Is the goal just to be noticed? It might be. It might be enough. It actually might be enough. Just to be able to be liked or retweeted or followed or subscribed. Just get someone at least in your orbit and and give yourself an opportunity to connect with them. Best case, on an ongoing basis. Worst case, one shot. A little bit of... Uh, a little bit of M&M here. One shot. We're not going to ask you to, uh, to sing, Billy. But I love this juxtaposition. I love this idea that actually says our goal here, our objective, is not just to stand up and, and draw attention, but also recognizing that we need it too. It is a necessary evil, but it's the what comes next that I think intentional attention is saying. Sometimes it's inadverted attention as well. Also, Christopher earlier spoke about consistency and visibility. And, and I could not agree more with that statement. You know, one of the, one of the simplest ways of being able to get on an influencer's radar Back when, in you know, 2005, the dawn of social media, blogging, etc., was through exactly that, Christopher. Consistency and visibility. Being the regular. Showing up. Developing a relationship. Establishing a voice. A rapport. A rela- you know, the ability just to comment to the point where someone that you've never met before, that you don't even know who they are, they're like, oh, look, Shadow's Pub is back. Tim Lynch is here. Fantastic. Consistency. And visibility. The visibility of an icon, of an avatar, of your name, showing up and then contributing. I think there's a third one as well, right? It's consistency, visibility, and contribution. How about that? You can actually achieve a lot just by being a lurker. That's like a beautiful thing too. Just by being ever present, by not saying a word. And of course, as we know, it's the people that speak the softest and the people that are the most infrequent that you pay the most attention to as opposed to the blowhards as opposed to the drones or the obtuse or the people that hog the limelight or dominate or cannibalize the conversation. As the old saying goes, you know, when you, if you walked into a room, into a corporate room, 
You can generally tell who the boss is. And they're more often than not, at least the effective leaders, the ones that are the quietest. Because they're listening, they're learning, they're assimilating, they're observing. And then when they talk, A, they have the advantage of everyone that came before them. And B, everyone's going to listen. Not just because they're the most senior, but because of what comes out of their mouth. Because are you going to respect the boss that doesn't stop talking, the boss that drones on, the boss that's me, 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 all about me. If I've learned anything in the corporate world, I don't really still understand it, but it's just the way it is, is that the most senior person in organization is not actually the most influential. The C-suite, for the most part, is often, more often than you would think, Nothing more than just a, a figurehead or a spokesperson. They're not necessarily the keepers of the budget. And if they are to be an effective leader, they're not going to just go over the top, or they are over the top, but, but basically go over the head of the people that report into them. Because who wants to work for a boss that doesn't allow you to do your job or empower you to do your job? and oftentimes may not even be the keepers of the budget. So it's really interesting when we think about, I know we've discussed attention today and and influence today, that how inextricably linked and connected they are. Because not all people are created equally. two, Two voices are not necessarily the same. You know, it's interesting because, you know, in in a Twitter world, we don't really have a way to tell them apart other than, and I'm talking about in text, other than their number of followers. Voice is a lot more effective, especially if you've taken the time to, to be a content creator, content initiator, a moderator, a host, a co-host, you have a much better chance of establishing the credibility associated with the consistency, the visibility, and by definition, the contribution, just to keep building on top of that. just want to shout out to Jersey King as well. We have almost exactly the number of, of people that would be, that would mint out today's uh, POAP. So at this point, anyone listening to the podcast, you're probably going to be disappointed if you do come to the back chat. Um, I think I'm just going to have to increase it uh, tomorrow and change it to 15 or 20, and we'll keep doubling it up this way. I'm super excited, by the way, as to what I keep thinking about this POAP or these POAPs and what I'm going to do with them. I love the concept of the first thing I'm going to do is... At an event, anyone that comes up to me with a POAP, I'll, um, I mean, I have to like formulate it, but it, it might work two ways. One, there might be live events and there'll be a POAP at the live event, like actually recording the Collective Cafe on site. But more importantly, I love the idea that if anyone comes up to me and they have one POAP or three POAPs or a certain POAP, I'll just buy them a drink. It can be a coffee, it can be a cocktail, whatever. It's an instant 
you know, instant connection that says you were in the audience on that day. You showed up for me. Now I'm going to show up for you. Let me buy you a drink. And now we have 10 in the audience and only 10 links. So guess who's not getting a POAP today? I'm not getting a POAP. All of you should be able to go down that list, uh, those 10 links, and claim your POAP today. This is awesome. Uh, Jersey King says, I'll take a bourbon. Uh, You got it, my friend. You got it. Um, Tim said, this conversation reminds me of David Meerman Scott's book, Fanocracy. There are several examples of creating an environment where the community can contribute. And actually, David Meerman Scott is one of the Alpha Talk speakers. Um, So, uh, you know, I'm excited. (laughs) Shadows Pub said, the shadows are a wonderful place. I love that, by the way. First of all, I love the fact that you are, you know, so on brand that you've like, you know, built... um, uh, a bunch of I hope you you're doing this building a bunch of these one liners and and equity and story and mystery around the shadows. Um, I love that it's it is it is mysterious and you are mysterious. Um, so you continue to enjoy your time in the shadows, my friend. And and yes, I mean, fanocracy uh, is and a thousand true fans is is the model. So we just have to think about how we want to implement that model. Right, instead of in the attention economy, we are top down, I would argue. But in a fill in the blank economy, we are in a fan economy, in a phenocracy, right? In a relationship economy, we are building from maybe not the bottom up, maybe the inside out, going back to that idea, that ripple, the strong core, the strong community. Those of you that are building your own communities in Discord, on podcasts, in NFT collections, you start off with a, with a small, strong, cohesive core and you build out from there. From the few comes the many. How to use existing customers to gain new ones. That's the key. That always was the key. I'm not telling you anything new, anything you didn't know already when it comes to that. But then why aren't we doing that? Why aren't we implementing the from the few comes the many? I'm doing that. I am absolutely intentionally making sure that this asset, and it is an asset, it is a budding, burgeoning, growing seed media brand, the Collective Cafe. It is free, but it is inside a Discord server. I will not do it on Twitter Spaces. I will not do it on Clubhouse. I will not do it publicly. I'm done with public. I'm done with this idea of being all things to all people. I've actually put together a chart that I'm actually will share with you soon about how I think the next generation media brands will be built, personal brands, media brands. But I don't believe in the public model because the public model is Web2. The public model is quant. The public model is friends and fans and followers and, and, uh, and retweets and, and is all based on quantity, which can be gamed, which can be cheated. And ultimately, how do you monetize publicly? The only way to monetize publicly is through advertising and sponsorship for the most part. For the most part, there are other ways, 
booking appearances, etc. But this talk show that I'm building, this next generation ecosystem, the common thread is Web3, the common thread is community, and the common thread is <clears throat> the small cohesive core, even the way that I have my designs on the show the live virtual studio audience, 100, 150. Some of them are regulars. Some of them are NFT holders. Some of them have redeemed POAPs. Some of them might pay their way in. But for the most part, it's being able to kind of figure out how to create the magic in the small self-contained. And it's not, it's come through various trial and error but one of the things that I love about it is that I've noticed, and it's so funny because I realized it when Ryan Carson came on the show with The Daily Dose. It was amazing seeing 150 to 200 people watching the stream and commenting live, but I couldn't manage it. I mean, I, 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 I was able to achieve my goal, which is, which is getting many of them on, but it was too distracting Sure, a producer could probably be managing those comments with thousands of people. Sure, a producer could decide and discern what comes on screen and what doesn't. And if it comes on screen, um, it might be then, you know, that's for me to acknowledge. But what I don't like about that model, I mean, and I've used the example watching Smirconish on CNN on a Saturday morning. He's like, hey, Catherine, let's see what we got on Facebook and Twitter. One comment from Facebook, one comment from Twitter. You would imagine that he probably got a few hundred, a few thousand, even 10. But how many disappointed people are there? You don't want that. You don't want to have to disappoint. You don't want to be a broadcaster. In the attention economy, you're a broadcaster. You're a one-to-many. But if you've seen and heard the way I look at this, we are operating in the sum-to-sum. Small, cohesive collectives or collective of like-minded people with common passion and shared purpose or shared passion and... I forget, I always get the two mixed up. The, The very definition of community is that it's not about everyone It's about people just like me. Or maybe people that aren't like me at all, but yet we are still bonded or binded or connected by something that is maybe bigger than us or something that we share in common. So just some thoughts to think about, you know, as we go out and and try and get attention, right? Because um, Bez says, I'm seeing books coming out about that brands need to pay attention to the new marketing, which is community. Crazy that community has been around since the dawn of time, yet it is now that, it is now that Web3 has put an emphasis on community. Hey, remember, when, when we read Life After the 30-Second Spot, I, I, I showed you, I read it, and I created images of it. If you go to LA30, um, to the channel, I mean, you will see these quotes. I'm looking at them now. I wrote this in 2004. Community is the only real economy of scale. 
The promise of community is the, is the empowerment that comes from being informed, connected, and unified. In today's brave new world, community is the next iteration of the legendary water cooler effect. The success stories of both today and tomorrow pivot around a dynamic energy that comes from the ability to tap into, harness, and maximize the power of community. These are all quotes from 2004. So community always is, was, always will be. You're right. You're right, Bez, that it's kind of like only now that everyone's going like gaga over it. My warning to people is let's not stuff it up again. Keep this family friendly. Let's not up again. And we will it up if we aren't able to actually understand what the principles and practices are of community. If we try and use the same flawed attention economics and metrics and KPIs, we will fail at community. Because we'll be doing everything from ROI, how many units and widgets did we sell, to how much earned media did we get, to how did we take the community and ultimately the community went out and tried to make the biggest stink or the biggest noise or the biggest splash. It's a different thought. Maybe we can roll it over into tomorrow, which is how do you achieve scale in an attention economy through community? It's a very simple, you know, how do you, how do you make, how do you become larger than life? How do you, how do you become the, um, you know, the Wizard of Oz that we discussed yesterday? But the Wizard of Oz is masked and mirrored, is the old hunchbacked, balding white guy with smoke and mirrors and illusion and misdirection and distraction. Is that what it takes to be successful in the attention economy in 2023? Billy says community is everything. All the metrics don't matter unless there is brand connection. There's no question that connection is is key. The thing that binds, it's not necessarily even rational. Remember that quote, I've used it many times. Community is a bunch of strangers who care about each other a little bit more than they should. So how does that fit together and connect with influence and influencer and attention? I guess that's the dot, dot, dot as we come to an end today. I hope you were all able to take advantage and get today's POAP. Um, tomorrow we will be back to a secret word and a secret time. I will play around um, with it, but... Um, I love what we're doing. I love what we're building. I love every single person that's in the room today. And I hope this was, um, you know, thought-provoking as opposed to provocative. I'm not afraid of either to be provocative, but I'd rather be thought-provoking um, and and offer something new and some and a thought that that you know doesn't always have to be a resolve. 
And it doesn't always have to be a debate. Sometimes it can just be a thought starter, planting a seed that then extends. That's typically how I come into these sessions. I've heard something or, or something and it marinates overnight or while I'm in the shower and, uh, and I think, hey, let's, let's talk out loud and think out loud and, and see where this leads us. Um, Tim says, great way to start the day. Thanks, everyone. I have to jump on a client call. See you in our community tomorrow. And it's amazing to me um, that, um, that Tim, for example, just joined us this week and now he's, he's hooked as well. Um, and I want to come back to that. Uh, I just want to read two more points as well. Sharon said, community is the only way to make engagements into relationships. And Bez said, it's interesting that over a decade ago, the question posed and talk was that do brands really own their brands? The argument was about uh, rabid fan bases or communities. Seems nothing is new under the sun, but agree that community is so important. Uh, you know, I would, to that, I would say, what is a brand? You know, what is a brand even? What is the thing to own? That can be another discussion for another day. Well, I want to thank all of you for being a part of today's session. This episode will be available as a podcast within 10 to 15 minutes on Apple Podcasts. I still have to get around to uh, uploading it on Amazon and Spotify, etc. And then within probably another 30 or 45 minutes, we'll have all the show notes that are coming courtesy of otter.ai, who is not a sponsor, otter.ai's beta show notes tool, which is something that uh, I'm having a lot of fun with. I think it's just an absolutely awesome and super efficient. It's almost uh, pays for the subscription in of itself. Um, So all of this will be live. Tell a friend, share this, the podcast or these morning sessions uh, with someone that you know, someone you care about, someone you think would benefit. And most importantly, Uh, Have an amazing, amazing day where you not only get the right people's attention, but move from attention to engagement, engagement to conversion, and ultimately conversion uh, to the most important thing, which is uh, building a lifelong, mutually beneficial relationship. Take care, everyone, and see you tomorrow. You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Christy Heiler hosts a fantastic podcast called Own It. Christy, tell us more about the show. Own It is all about celebrating women and non-binary advertising agency owners. We talk about buying out of the Boys Club of Advertising because less than 1% of ad agencies are owned by women. And where can people subscribe? You can find the podcast at untilyouownit.com. We're also on the Marketing Podcast Network at marketingpodcast.net. And of course, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You heard her. Go subscribe. This podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit marketingpodcasts.net.